This is the IEEE USA Insight Podcast, Episode 21, a monthly program featuring news, information, and updates from IEEE USA headquarters in Washington, D.C. And now your host, Chris McMains. Thank you, John. IEEE USA President Karen Pedersen had never attended a Future City Competition event. She got to do that and a whole lot more during Engineers Week in February. Pedersen, who lives in San Antonio, spent nearly a week in Washington, D.C., participating in e-week activities. The first thing Pedersen did was work with students at Discover Engineering Family Day on February 18th. More than 6,300 people attended the 25th Anniversary Festival at the National Building Museum. The next day, she and volunteer Steve Bonk were at the Future City Finals, judging the IEEE USA Most Advanced Smart Grid Special Award. The winning team, Franklin Middle School, hails from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. On February 20th, when most of the country was celebrating President's Day, Pedersen and volunteer Jeff Friedhofer participated in model and presentation judging at Future City. The following day, she kept on the move by presenting the IEEE USA Special Award, as well as third place recognition to Lionville Middle School of Exton, Pennsylvania. The Lionville team will receive a $2,000 scholarship for their school's technology program, courtesy of IEEE USA. That night, Pedersen attended an award ceremony at the National Academy of Engineering. The Future City competition welcomed a record 43 regional championship teams to the Capitol Hilton Hotel, which is within sight of the White House. The finalists included 37 teams from the United States, two from Canada, three from China, and one from Egypt. The international championship went to West Ridge Middle School of Austin, Texas. They came out of the Texas North competition whose regional coordinator for the past 16 years has been IEEE member Jean Eason of Fort Worth. Her previous teams had finished second through fifth, but never on top. They have now. Congratulations, Jean and West Ridge. It's no coincidence that Family Day and Future City were both celebrating their 25th anniversaries in 2017. They were planned in 1992 and premiered the following year. IEEE USA was E-Week Lead Society for the first time in 1993. IEEE USA staff and volunteers played a key role in the origin of both events. Now it's time for IEEE USA eBook Corner, highlighting new eBooks for IEEE members. A new IEEE USA eBook encourages teaching kids to think creatively to solve problems. The best and most lasting learning moments often come from parents, says author Harry T. Roman. Learning is not something done just in school or to leave to your children's teachers. The veteran technology educator knows what he's talking about. For many years, he has worked with schools throughout New Jersey to bring problem solving into the classroom. Now he's written an ebook that provides parents with dozens of practical ideas for helping their children to experience the power of solving problems while also building logic and math skills. Teaching your kids to think and solve problems offers a practical approach. 
Using scenarios of typical activities around the home, Roman shows parents how they can encourage their children's creative thinking. In concise but information-packed chapters, the author describes how youngsters can help with such family-centered activities as home improvement projects, backyard improvements, kitchen skills, and family vacations. In a valuable chapter on learning strategies, Roman points out what he believes parents should emphasize in encouraging children to think and solve problems, including encouraging youngsters to ask questions because inquiry can open the door to thinking creatively, letting children know that failure is okay because it's just another way of learning, and showing children that problems usually have multifaceted solutions. These can range from economic and environmental impacts to legal concerns and regulatory compliance. An IEEE senior member, author Harry Roman, has received many honors and recognitions from IEEE and other organizations for his contributions to technology education. Most recently, he was honored with the 2015 IEEE Region 1 Excellence in Teaching Award. Roman has published more than 70 resource books, science kits, and other educational projects. He currently teaches graduate students at Montclair State University how to apply STEM techniques in the classroom. Teaching Your Kids to Think and Solve Problems is available at shop.ieeeusa.org. The book is $2.99 for IEEE members and $4.99 for non-members. I'm Georgia Stelluto for IEEE USA. In the IEEE USA Insight Spotlight, we bring you close up with a newsmaker or public figure and a quick one-on-one interview. This month, Chris talks with Mark Cook, manager of Hoover Dam. Mark and Chris discuss the rewards and challenges of generating electricity at the iconic symbol of the American West. Well, Mark, thank you very much for meeting with me here today in your office at Hoover Dam. What's it like to to work here at, at a uh, place that's uh, such an icon of the American West and uh, American uh, engineering? Um, well, uh, thanks. I appreciate being here. Um, there, there's really nothing quite like it. Um, working at uh, at a place such as this, it's got the history and the um, and the coolness factor is is pretty incredible. I'm uh, I'm really really excited to be here, and it's a it's a great place to work and dig um, dig into the fun, exciting projects we've got going on. And you've got a, such a great view out of your out of your window there, right down the the middle of the dam, which uh, I think I missed last time because it was so hot. A little bit cooler today. Yeah, I really can't complain about the view. It's a, it's a beautiful view of the, of the river and of the newer bridge that was installed a few years ago. Is there any such thing as a typical day here? Um, that's kind of the nice thing about it is that it is something new every day. There's some new aspect to learn. There's something um, new puzzle to solve. It's it's one of the great things about working here. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2014, when I spoke to you, you told me the dam was running at about 87% efficiency. And then uh, you just told me a little while ago, uh, you've been able to increase that a little bit more. You've got to be happy with that. Very much so. Yeah, we're like at 87.5% efficiency now. And so we're we're really excited to be able to support and maintain those high efficiency levels for uh, for running our generators. And uh, I know you were in the process of putting in some new turbines and, and new wicket gates. And has that has that process continued since we last spoke? 
It has, yeah. We're uh, we're just concluding the project now this year, so we have the fifth of our five uh, widehead turbines that we're putting in. They were excited about, and we've seen really uh, good performance and really good um, reliability out of the, uh, the ones we've installed so far. So we're really happy with them. And you were telling me about some of the new projects that are going on here. What uh, what what are some of the ones that really excite you? Um, so there's a, another one that we're finishing up that we're pretty excited about. It's uh, uh, We have some pressure relief valves on our penstock system. Uh, so in the event of an emergency shutdown, those open up and um, mitigate uh, a water hammer effect in the penstock. And we're, we've converted those um, to be mechanically driven to more electronically uh, actuated. And we get better performance out of those and more reliable um, actuation from them. And it's... Uh, uh, we're, we've, we just awarded the contract for the three remaining pressure relief valves that are going to be overhauled and modernized. So we're pretty excited about that one. Um, we also just this last year installed um, some 16.5 kV unit breakers um, that um, are connected to the generators that feed the grid. And so they're a pretty high uh, interrupting rating current on them, and it was an interesting engineering feat to get them in such a small uh, room that we have uh, already built and that we couldn't modify. So it was a, a pretty cool project from that perspective. Um, what else we had? This last year we put in a new fire alarm system. Our uh, old fire system was uh, aging and getting hard to find parts and stuff for us. So we swapped out all the boards and uh, have a new fire alarm system in the plant that we're uh, glad to have. Um, and then w one that I'm personally really excited about is we have some uh, pumps that we're uh, putting in some of the lower galleries of the dam. Uh, it's the pumps that supply the cooling water to the generators, and we're switching out from an inductor style to an electric pump, and we're anticipating um, some efficiency gains from that as well as uh, a reduced noise in that area. That's one of our noisiest areas in the plant, and so we're really excited to be able to bring the noise level down uh, in those galleys. Um, yeah. Now, those uh, those new pumps you talked about them, and, and everything you're kind of talking about. Everything sounds like it's 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 kind of moving away from the mechanical, and there's more electronic and computer control. It sure seems like that. I mean, it's a trend that we um, as we get to know our process better, we're able to diagnose things better, and so we're installing more monitoring and more. Uh, control capability so that we can um, squeeze um, more more bang for the buck kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, how's the water level doing? I understand you're you're still above the the critical stage, but probably not where you'd like it to be. We would definitely uh, go for some more water. Uh, it sounds like um, we're we're excited for uh, uh, some positive indications for this water year um, so far. But that's it's really variable, so we we really won't won't know how that turns out here for a few months yet, but um, we're excited for what we've seen so far, um, but we'll, we, we could definitely use some more water around here. I was surprised when you told me that Hoover Dam was basically a, a, a peaker generating plant. So when, the, when people in Southern California primarily come home and turn on their air conditioners, that's when you, you get the signal to, to ramp up generation. Uh, what, what, what else do you think might surprise people about Hoover Dam? Um, Hoover Dam is uh, a peaking plant, like we mentioned, um, and the other kind of
kind of dovetail thing with that is that we provide quite a bit of spinning reserve for the plant. So um, the grid uh, needs some amount of contingency. So then in the event that a, um, a big power plant goes off, offline for some reason, there needs to be enough capability in the system to make up that generation very quickly. Uh, and we were able to provide that. So we, uh, we motor our units, which is a little uh, foreign to some people, but uh, we'll actually take the generator that's, um, that's generating power and we'll close the wicket gates completely tight. And that will start actually turning, it will turn the generator into a motor. And so it'll draw power from the grid to spin the generator like a motor instead. So with that, it draws about 12 megawatts of power to uh, spin that water. So uh, what we do is we actually inject compressed air into the, into the turbine area and create a bubble inside the turbine so that we're spinning the turbine in air as opposed to water. And then we're only consuming about 3 megawatts of energy to, or 3 megawatts of power to, um, to do that. So um, with that, we get to uh, claim all that capability of the generators. So right now they're rated at roughly 100 megawatts because of the low lake. But we're able to claim that, that full 100 megawatts as capacity and be able to supply that to the grid and say, yep, in the event that you really need us, we can do it and we can sustain that for a number of hours. Um, and, um, and, it, and it helps pay our bills. It, it actually ends up accounting for about half of our revenue, being able to provide that spinning reserve service. Now, I know that you, you're an electrical engineer. Do you have a lot of engineers that work here? We do, yeah. We've got a number of engineers, um, uh, different different varieties. We've got uh, civil, civil, mechanical, electrical, um, and so we've got a, a nice uh, cross section of uh, of some pretty important positions here at the dam. Are you uh, still always uh, looking for good engineers? Absolutely. So yeah, right now we actually have one civil vacancy that should be advertised here uh, before too long. We've got three mechanical engineers that we're looking for, um, an, an electrical engineer, an electrical engineering supervisor. Uh, we also have an engineering technician that does a lot of our CAD work that we're also uh, looking for right now. So we've got um, a number of vacancies that we're uh, excited to get filled and get some more help down here. So if somebody listening to this is interested in one of those jobs, do they go onto a federal site to, uh, to find out about them? Uh-huh. Yeah, all of our jobs get posted to usajobs.gov. Um, and, um, yeah, if you do a keyword search on Hoover Dam or something like that, it's a, a pretty, pretty good way to narrow it down. Of some of the things that we were talking about before we, uh, I started the interview, anything else that you'd like to uh, share with us? Um, it just kind of an uh, interesting challenge we had last year. Um, we had a, um, a failure in one of our staters uh, that we haven't experienced for a number of years. So we had um, a fault occur in a stator, and it did uh, fairly significant damage to the internal part of the generator. And so we uh, went through the process of evaluating that and figuring out the, the best repair for that and uh, ultimately ended up doing a partial restock on the generator. Um, to be able to bring it back to a full rated capacity. But it was uh, an, an interesting challenge for us because we hadn't seen that failure in, in a number of years, and it was a little more severe than it would typically be for that type of uh, failure because we had a, 
um, a neutral grounding transformer that uh, came out of the circuit and didn't limit the fault current. So um, that was kind of interesting. It, uh, it ended up taking us uh, over or just about a year or so to get that all uh, put back together and, and functional again. And so that was um, kind of a new and interesting adventure that I hadn't, I hadn't seen before. Well, that was definitely an interesting day, I'm sure, and, and a number of interesting days. That it was. That it was. Were you able to, uh, did, did you have all the talent you needed here to solve that problem, or did you have to bring in some uh, other uh, engineers to help with that? Uh, we, we brought in some outside help. So we have a uh, our uh, technical service center in uh, Denver uh, is kind of where the headquarters of Reclamation is. So they, they came out and gave us some really good support and gave us some good uh, analysis of it. And then the uh, contractor that bid on the job also had some good insights and uh, were able to help us through that process and make sure that we weren't missing anything. Well, Mark, uh, unless there's anything else, I'd, I'd love to thank you. Thank you for your time and, and uh, expertise and sharing everything with us. Uh, I've greatly enjoyed this interview, and uh, I hope you have too. I have, yeah. I appreciate you coming down. It's a, it's a fun place to talk about, and I, I love to brag about what we do here. It's a, it's a cool place. Thank you, Mark. And it's time now for your IEEE USA conference calendar update. Don't forget to plan for the 2017 IEEE International Symposium on Technologies for Homeland Security, HST 17, in Waltham, Massachusetts, in the Boston area on the 25th through 27th of April. This symposium brings together innovators from leading academic, industry, business, Homeland Security Centers of Excellence, and government programs to provide a forum to discuss ideas, concepts, and experimental results. HST 17 will showcase selected technical papers and posters highlighting emerging technologies in cybersecurity, biometrics and forensics, land and maritime border security, and disaster and attack preparedness, mitigation, recovery, and response. The plenary speaker is K.C. Goss, CEM President of World Disaster Management and an internationally recognized author, speaker, and lecturer on emergency management and general resiliency. And on the 25th through 30th of June, the IEEE's 44th Photovoltaic Specialist Conference, PVSC, in Washington, D.C., is the place to be. PVC, PVSC's program will be divided into 12 areas covering cutting-edge de developments in science and engineering of photovoltaics, ranging from fundamentals to applications, with an emphasis on material science, devices, systems, solar resources, and policy-related matters. Come listen to keynote speaker Dr. Charlie Gray, the Solar Energy Technologies Director for the Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy, EERE, of the U.S. Department of Energy, DOE. In this position, he is leading the SunShot Initiative, a team that is dedicated to research, manufacturing, and marketing solutions to make solar energy cost-competitive with other forms of energy by the end of the decade. Be sure to work these conferences into your schedule. For more information on upcoming conferences and to register, go to IEEEUSA.org slash conferences. I'm Georgia Stelludo for IEEE USA. If you haven't read any of IEEE USA's award-winning Women in Engineering ebook series, now is your chance to do so for free. IEEE USA is offering to IEEE members a complimentary download of Women in Engineering, Book One, Inspire and Close the Gender Gap. 
While women's participation in the workforce has increased steadily since the 1960s, the percentage of women in STEM occupations worldwide has remained relatively flat or is decreasing. In this ebook, author Nita Patel looks at some of the data underlying this trend. She examines how many women are pursuing STEM career fields, why more women are not graduating with STEM degrees, and ways we can recruit and retain more female engineers. So whether you are a woman engineer, work with them, or are helping to inspire girls to pursue a science, technology, mathematics, or engineering career, this ebook is for you. Through April 15th, IEEE members can download a free copy by going to the IEEE USA shop site and using promo code MARFREE17. A complimentary ebook download is available each month to every IEEE member. We have close to 200 ebook titles available on our shop site. shop.ieeeusa.org. That's all for today's podcast. I'm Chris McMains in beautiful Washington, D.C. Wherever you are, I hope you and your family are having a wonderful day. This has been the IEEE USA Insight Podcast. Join us again next month as we take a look at news, information, and updates from IEEE USA. If you have feedback you'd like to share, please connect with us by commenting on our IEEE USA Insight article. Send us email at insightpodcast at IEEEUSA.org. Visit Facebook at facebook.com slash IEEEUSA or Twitter at IEEEUSA. I'm John Yuglenski. Thanks for tuning in.